From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict, episode 303. Today's show is brought to you by Harry's and Pen Chalet. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Mr. Brad Dowdy. Hello, Mike Hurley, and hello, Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> and of course, a live episode of the Pen Addict would not be complete without the one and only Anna Reinert. Hi, Anna. Hello. Hi, everybody. Woo! So we're back in Atlanta for the fourth time four years in atlanta with thinking about the fact that next year is five years which feels like a pretty important thing yeah i think uh we might have to do something a little special for that yeah don't know what yet send in your answers on a postcard uh thanks to everyone <laughs> for helping us get here all of our kickstarter backers of course we have some of them in our audience today so thank you to everyone that did that and i'm sure we have many well we i know we have many more listening at home because we couldn't fit everyone in this room i would like to do that one day maybe hire out an auditorium somewhere it seems like a pretty impossible task but thanks to everyone for joining us we have something special for people in the room today uh anna would you like to explain what you have done um, <laughs> what you have wrought upon <laughs> us. Uh, thanks to the uh, technical genius of Alexander Kramer um, and uh, a long car ride from Arkansas to Kansas City, uh, Bob and I cooked up the idea of turning the whole idea of uh, Panatic Bingo into an actual thing. A physical thing. And a physical thing. Uh, we actually printed uh, bingo cards, so everybody in the audience here has actual paper bingo cards, which are doubling as fans right now because it's kind of hot in here. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so Alex made it possible, Alexander made it possible for us to have 100 plus um, random bingo cards here in the audience. So hopefully someone will bingo right here. Yes. Yep. So uh, Like fools, we are allowing for the bingo to be called. Yeah. <laughs> we- During the show, so at any point, we may have to stop, as someone will call bingo. We will just take down the name of that person, and then after the show, they're going to be given a prize. I am going to call it at one winner, so it doesn't continue to happen <laughs> constantly, because the more it happens, the more it will happen, because it will just continue to get more filled yeah. up, right? So yeah. there yeah. will be one winner for a line we're going to do, right, I guess? Yeah. 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 And we have to always ask Daddy Mike for permission to do these things, like breaking up his... Uh, yep technical uh audio recording for the podcast so much anxiety brad just like so much (laughs) that you bring upon me but i love you thank you and we so yeah there's going to be a bingo during this episode hopefully we'll see uh so we are at the atlanta pen show so brad i wanted to know uh how has it been for you this year has it been busier than usual about the same it's saturday it's end of saturday Uh, i feel really tired because i'm a little bit sick uh but how have you been feeling We've had two of the best days we've ever had at the Atlanta Pin Show. This crowd has been amazing. Our tables at Knock have been packed and ransacked repeatedly throughout the weekend so far, the first two days. The overall feel of the show. I, so we've been doing this podcast four years here, and I started coming to this show maybe two to three years prior to that. And I think think this is the biggest and best ever and you don't want to say that every year because it feels like you're being phony but this year it really feels genuine that I've never seen so many like great people and packed hallways and full bars this is the largest live audience we've ever had too yeah the live audience is fantastic so just from a general overview it's it's got to be one of the biggest and best that they've done 
um, from a business perspective, so I'm also here for Notco, our pen case company. You may have heard of us. Who? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, our the Friday sales were better than any other Friday we've ever had. So, and that goes for all shows. So this has been crazy, and just the general feel and vibe of this show have been really outstanding. I've talked to a lot of vendors who are repeating the same thing to me. They uh, are ecstatic with the turnout. We have a lot of new vendors because they they hear about this show. And, you know, I don't want to hype man us too much, but, I mean, we're a little bit of that reason why this show is growing, and I'm proud of that. Like, I take it it seriously that everyone comes to the show and has fun. It's a big deal for me Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, all of y'all put your faith in listening to us babble on about pens for so many episodes and uh it's it's really important to me that everyone has a good time at this show and i want to see it succeed and make it the best show we can so uh thank you oh look at that a round of applause brad dowdy for mayor of georgia um <laughs> <laughs> what about you like as well as just the daytime the evening activities are always fun at the pen show uh if you find that to be any more vibrant or different this year to last year um, it's we've everybody's been having a really good time. I mean, they keep changing the bar <laughs> restaurant situation. I think they keep making the tables smaller. I don't know it's if like, they're please trying. Please get out of here. Like, like closing please, the bar down sir. earlier, but it hasn't um, lessened anybody's enthusiasm for hanging out. And I think everybody has been like everyone who sits in the bar area and in the restaurant area is still very warm and welcoming to new. People who are coming and sitting down and sharing and there's, you know, we keep passing. Like this time we just sat at the bar and just kept passing pens down. Um, Yes. uh, Last night we actually handed the bartender, uh, somebody handed her a Metropolitan and said, you're going to get better tips if you give this pen to people to sign your, to sign the bill. And she's like, she said, she said, I can't take this pen. And they're like, no, seriously, it's okay. Take the pen. (laughs) And she and and literally like we watched her turn around and give it to somebody to sign a bill, and they're like, "Oh, excellent!" And I think they gave her a bigger tip. And we're like, "We told you that was going to work." Shout out to Brittany. <laughs> and it was, and she was like, "Oh, this is really cool." And we're like, "This works." And I think some something very similar happened in D.C. was that they gave the bartender a a fountain pen, and he's like, "This is awesome!" And he kept getting better tips the entire time. And we're like, "Trust us, this will work." <laughs> So as well as attending, uh, we do attend as like people coming to buy stuff as well, usually. Uh, Brad, have you made any purchases this year? I have made zero purchases so far this year, mm-hmm. but uh, Sunday's usually the day at uh, this show if I if I do buy anything because I'm so busy Friday and Saturday. Like I barely get around to like run errands if I need to run errands. Um, you know, we squeeze in lunch <laughs> if we can, right? Barbecue so, uh, place caught fire. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that was it. So uh, Rip Heirloom Barbecue. Check, check, their, no ins- check their Instagram. Yeah. Um, wow, we got in under the wire so then. So all you, all you Friday Heirloom Barbecue eaters, uh, you did good. All you Saturday uh Heirloom like barbecue, us, full you're, ones. You're out of luck. Uh, out of luck. So uh, yeah, we love so you, heirloom. We love you, heirloom. Uh, and uh, give us a we'll shout out, you. Connor, uh, when you get when you get back in shape. So um, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's just uh, been fantastic. Anna, have you bought anything? Um, I was lucky enough to uh, hit a couple tables in oh. our little small room, but it was literally a case of like woodshed 
uh, pens was literally two tables over and I walked over and I'm like, how long have you been here? And he's like, Friday. And he's like, I came in a little late. And I'm like, well, good. I don't feel quite so bad that (laughs) I didn't realize you were here. And then I just, I walked over and I literally put my well-appointed desk stickers on most of his pens and i'm like mine 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 mine, mine. <laughs> that's a good climbing method yeah and he was and he was like that's not really going to work you know <laughs> it's easy to just give money in yeah, exchange so, yeah it, that, that's usually a better method but yeah so i i basically kind of just said uh, okay all right i'll take this one and he, I, he held it back for me but i haven't actually really completed the purchase yet mm-hmm. So, so I, most of my purchases are have not actually been but they are they're on the way. Yes, the negotiation so, has will begun. happen. Yes, yeah, we'll I've finish not, transactions uh, tomorrow. Purchased any pens this year, and I'm actually expecting to buy no pens at the show. And there's a, there's a couple of reasons, and there's a couple of things happening. So one, Brad gave me a pen, which we're going to talk about in a minute, which I'm very excited to talk about. Uh, I went to Jonathan Brooks's table. And he sought out of everything at like Friday afternoon. So that didn't go so well. Everything's just gone. Uh, okay, it's a tip for next time. Get this straight away. <laughs> yeah. um, so our, our rule at pin shows is generally like take a lap first, get the lay of the land. And Jonathan is the exception to that rule. If you see it, you should Jonathan. buy it right then. Yes. Yeah. Um, I still want my king of pen, but I'm not getting it yet. And I, I don't know why. I haven't got a real good reason for this. <laughs> People are like, oh, it's because of the wedding. It's not because of the wedding. I actually haven't got a real reason. I, I like Brad's. Brad's is a blue, the blue one. What is it called? The Sky? Sky. Sky. Pro that, Gear Sky. They uh, don't make King that Penny. one anymore. Um, that's all gone. And the next one is the Ocean, which is not a demonstrator. And for some reason, I want to demonstrate one. And you can get a clear one. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want it, but I'm just not going to get it yet. And I don't know what it is. I don't know why I want it. But I'm not buying. It. It's very strange. I'm, I'm. I guess I'm pretty strange this time. Uh, I have actually um, spent money on a pen that I didn't buy at the pen show, which I can't talk about now, but can <laughs> talk about next week. Ah. <laughs> and I'm only mentioning this because if you are a Canalea fan. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> we are the worst. You want to tune in next week live to the show at 10 a.m. Eastern. You just do. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to avoid disappointment. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I haven't bought anything, but you gave me something. Mm-hmm. So over the last few months, Brad keeps buying me pens. He just keeps buying me pens. Mm-hmm. In a way that is, this has kind of never happened before. I don't know what happened. Maybe you pitying me this year because no, I'm going no. to a wedding. I'm going to a wedding. I don't even... Go- <laughs> I'm attending this wedding. Yeah. Yeah. But Brad keeps sending me pictures yeah. of uh, classic Retro 51s that he's yeah. been buying. I don't me. even like you. I don't know why I do this. It's very strange. Um, and there was something that Brad found me. It's called the Retro 51 Abondanza. And <laughs> this is a pen that we couldn't find online. And can you tell the story about how you came across yeah, it? Yeah, so I was at the Little Rock Pen Show, and... and like everyone's t- I was like, why is everyone looking down? I said Retro 51, <laughs> so they're all marking off the bingo card. It's <laughs> like, I lost everyone's attention, that's why. <laughs> um, so I was at the Arkansas Pen Show, which is awesome, and we'll talk to Lisa Van Ness about the, the Arkansas Pen Show later, and... I just go to that show to hang out. I don't really work. I help out Lisa. I help out the show. So I get time to shop. 
And when you actually have time to, you know, look around and see what else is out there, sometimes you run across some really neat things. And I've always had my eye on the Retro 51 stuff for Mike because I know he likes it so much. Like, I like Retro 51. He has true issues with Retro 51. It's a real genuine love. Yeah, so he absolutely loves them. So I found this, I saw this weird box on a table and I opened it up and the box has like this Retro 51 imprint on it and I pick up the pen and the pen has no markings on it for the brand or anything at all. And I'm super confused about what this is and the person whose table I bought it from was not real sure what it is, but it had the original box, it had the Retro 51 sticker, so I did what any uh, true pen addict would do. Uh, I bullshit well <laughs> I, I bought it because the price was super fair for just taking a shot at something and then i emailed retro 51 and say what do i have here they said ah, this was unfindable on google we right? could, you google it and it did not show up anywhere and this has like a real label like it was a real product and it's a real kind of fancy mm-hmm. pen um and so in this box it had two section two holes cut out of it for nib units and there was only one nib unit and they when I emailed retro 51 they said oh yeah that was a pin we did a while back we don't we you know it didn't do real well at the time and uh, do you have both nib units they knew exactly what it was and I said no I only have the rollerball nib unit for it and they said well let me see if I can find you a fountain pen nib unit for it cuz it's 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 interchangeable so it yeah. comes it's one body but you can put in a rollerball and it has like the, the, the cuff that you would tighten around it or mm-hmm. it had a space in the box for a fountain pen. Yeah. So uh, like a week later, a fountain pen nib from Retro 51 for the, this super strange Abundanza. Abundanza. Uh, That's how I say up. it. I feel like I should have said it normally once before I said it weirdly. I don't know that there's like, a we normal We just keep person. saying it like that because it yeah. feels like the only way. So this pen is super weird. The box is really awesome. It's like a wooden box that you open up. And then the pen kind of raises out of the box. Um, I absolutely love this. And I love Brad so much for buying it for me because it's it has become a prized possession now because it's so freaking weird. Like, I love it. It's like so strange. Like, I don't... I can see why it maybe didn't sell very well because it like it it is a odd pen like what do you do with the other half of it right so like when when you want to use it as the fountain pen and then you just have like a rollable refill and like a what would you even call it I don't really know how to describe it I mean what. it's just a section it's the front yeah. end of the pen so like and you just put it somewhere like I don't know where it's supposed to go but like I love that it is this really strange pen it has no branding on it except from the nib and the nib is this like beautiful Art Deco style mm-hmm. nib, and yeah, it's really nice. I'm gonna take a picture of it and put it in the show notes so people can see what we're talking about. But this is just this super weird pen that has like completely satiated my desire to buy anything yeah, for this and, weekend. And I'll tell you the truth, it cost me forty bucks. It wasn't Woo! like it was some uh, you know outrageous outlay. So and you can take I, a I chance on a forty like, buck pen. I wanted to thank Retro Fifty One for sending you. The yeah, that was really cool as well. Yeah, that's awesome. They're the best to us. They treat us really well. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I treat them very well too. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag sponsorship. I just, just, I, there doesn't need to be any money. I just want to be the spokesperson. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like I say this and they think I'm joking. <laughs> or they just really don't want me to do it. Mm. But, like, I'll, I'll do it. Like, I'll give them a quote. Be like, <laughs> Mike Hurley, official spokesperson of Retro 51. No money needs to change hands. All right. All right. I will do this. All right. Anyway. I'm, wait- I'm waiting for your head to go on the little end cap, you know? <laughs> Yeah. 
Uh, should we take a break? We have some guests today. Um, so we have uh, Jim Rouse of Franklin Christoph and Lisa Vanessa of Vanessa Pans. And we're going to bring up Jim uh, after we take our first break. And today I want to thank Penn Chalet for their support of this show. Of course, of course, Penn Chalet would support the show because they're amazing. They sell authentic, amazing rollerballs, fountain pens, ballpoints, mechanical pencils, and so much more. They have all of your favorite brands. They have fast and reliable and awesome customer service. They're always doing great discounts and specials so you can get amazing prices. But Penn Chalet offer great prices and they do they, they guarantee their 100% satisfaction with every purchase. They want to make sure that what you're getting, you're going to love. If there's any problems, they will make it right. They sell internationally with very reasonable shipping rates, and they do free shipping on orders over $50 in the United States. As always, go to penchalet.com, P-E-N-C-H-A-L-E-T.com, and click the podcast link at the top of the website and enter the password PENADDICT for this week's special offer. And to get yourself the code that you need to save 10% on anything at Penchalet. Brad, this week's special offer is 15% off the Opus 88 fountain pens, which we were talking about recently. Yeah, I just got one in finally, and I'm seriously impressed with those. Have you used those yet, Anna? Yeah, I have a Chloro, which I lost on Thursday night, but found Friday afternoon. <laughs> yeah. That's great. <laughs> yeah. That's great. <laughs> um, this is the first time Pen Chalet had discounted these pens, and they wanted to do something special for the live show. Um, so it's 15% off the Opus 88 fountain pens, and this is before you add the 10% coupon nice. as well. So that's some amazing prices. Um, our thanks, as always, to Pen Chalet for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, so Jim, would you like to come and join us on stage? Give us a round of applause, everybody, for Jim Rouse and Franklin Christoph. All right, so Jim. Sorry, uh, we, sorry we interrupted your bingo. I yeah. Think. You got a bingo? I'm supposed to mention some Call things it. here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen to these guys. I got $5 a square. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jim, uh, thank you so much. Oh, we've got we a, bingo? a bingo? Yeah, if, if that counts as you getting I'm super excited. All right, we got a bingo. No, we no, got no. a bingo. Denise, congratulations. Everyone else, you can keep playing. Woohoo! Should we do the playing? prize now? No, we'll, we'll do, do the later. prize later on. Okay. We'll hey, do the prize gonna, later on. Right. You're going to like this prize. Congratulations, Denise. We got our bingo. Yay. Everyone, you can keep playing along, uh, but if you win, keep it to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That was actually the perfect time to do this, too, yeah. because it's not interrupted anything. Denise, so, thank you so much. So, Jim, uh, thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure. It's a pleasure to have you. Um, for people that, that uh, are unfamiliar with you, are unfamiliar with Franklin Christoph, can you explain a little bit about you, what you do, and maybe a little bit about Franklin Christoph? And then we're going to dive into some things in some more detail, just kind of like super high level. I don't work for Franklin Christoph. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) They work for me. (laughs) I am the nib guy at Franklin Christoph. So my main job is to set all the nibs because um, we want the best nibs going out the door. So basically what happens is where a lot of companies buy the nibs as complete units and then screw them in, we buy them as individual components. We put them together. And we screw them in the pen and make sure they work okay. Now, of course, that doesn't include Mike's nibs, but I also make my own line of nibs for Franklin Christoph called the SIGs. The SIG stands for Stub Italic Gradient, and those are designed to screw in like any other nibs, but kind of halfway between an italic and a stub. Okay. How long have you been doing this? Like, in, in not even just for Franklin Christoph, but like involved in nib work and in the pen industry? Well, let's see. After the arc landed, um, <laughs> uh, they needed two pens. I, I was trying to figure that out because mm-hmm. I thought you might ask that. I think it's been 25 years okay. is, in total. 
Yeah. So where, my, where did you get started? Like, how got, did you get started in this whole pin? Got business? started uh, running the Baltimore store and being Bert's partner in Bertram's Inkwell. So, like the original Bertram's Inkwell. The you original were Bertram's Inkwell. Oh, yep. that's cool. At least in that store. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like, I guess, 25 years. That was in the 90s. That was in the early 90s. What were you doing before? How did you get involved in fountain pens to begin with? Well, believe it or not, I worked for a shoe company. And it was called Hess Shoes. And I worked in, um, I was a district manager. So I traveled around the Washington area going to these different stores. These were like real high-end, fancy shoes, you know, with alligators and all this kind of stuff. Like big buck stuff back then. And I used to go into Burt's store all the time. And I really enjoyed looking at the pens and stuff. And I was kind of into ballpoints back then. There wasn't a stigma against ballpoints back then. (laughs) So I would go in and look at them and, you know, play around with them and stuff. And every now and then he'd give me something to try to fix and I'd play around with it. Well, there was this jewelry store upstairs called, I think it was Jay Codwell's. And they had just spent like a million dollars. I mean, I think that's a reasonable estimate. That's what the manager told me to redecorate the store. And then three months later, they went out of business. So here's this Maybe store. Maybe they spent a little bit too much money. <laughs> well, this was a huge chain. Yeah. This was a huge chain. And we're looking at the store, you know, because we knew they were going to sell off the fixtures. They've got a vault the size of a bedroom in there. They've got a complete phone system. They've got chandeliers. They had Honduras mahogany cabinets with brass trimmed, you know, bulletproof glass, the whole nine yards, everything you'd want to open your own store. So Bert and I decided that we would try to buy the interior of the store at auction and sell this stuff to make some money, you know, because it's a halfway decent investment, right? So the manager of the store, this is kind of funny, but the manager of the store, they fired. But then they call the guy up and say, hey, uh, you want to come back for a day and sell off the contents of the store? And he's like, seems like a great idea. (laughs) I'd be happy to. So they tell him to place an ad in the paper. So like in Wednesday's Washington Post or whatever, there's like this, I don't know, two line ad, you know, that says store fixtures for sale. (laughs) So, you know, I I go, his his name was Mike. And I go, hey, Mike, you got any bids on that stuff yet? He goes, nope, not yet. I go, well, I'll give you (laughs) $1,000. So this goes on all day. You know, I call the guy up or he'd call me up and he'd tell me what the bids are and then I'd place another bid. So we end up with this store. And we're up there, Bert and I walking around, the, you know, this, this like, this is a great find, you know, all these stuff's ours now. So then we realized, what are we going to do with it? We got to do <laughs> something with this stuff. Well, the mall said they wanted the vault. I mean, this huge steel vault. They wanted the vault. Had to take the ceiling out to get it out of the place. So they agreed that we could store the stuff there until we could move it. Now, the c- case is kind of fit together like a jigsaw puzzle. So we realized that we could reconfigure them to any shape we wanted to reconfigure them to. So I don't remember who suggested it. I think it was Bert said, well, you know, I got a lot of extra merchandise and we could open a store in Baltimore and we could have a pen store. Well, to be honest with you, I didn't know very much about pens at all, but that sounded like a great opportunity because I was tired of being in the shoe business because of that stupid Al Bundy. So um, I, I like that show, actually. Married with children. So we opened this store in Baltimore. And I mean, this was like like real Mickey Mouse stuff. I mean, I made paper templates of all the cases, which was an open end, which was a closed end. you know. And then we fit the paper templates together until they formed the horseshoe pattern we wanted here and the circle we wanted here and all that stuff. And that was a fairly successful store. We did well with it. Fortunately, after, I don't know, five or six years, they told us we had to move because they were tearing the building down. So we moved like one block up the street to the corner of Baltimore and Light Street. And that's where we stayed in almost for 17 years until the store wow. closed. Wow. What year was that it closed? 
God, I don't remember. Oh, yeah. So. Sometime in the 2000s. So you know? how does that play into what you're doing now? Like, how did you go from that, you know, the store was open, successful, then, oh, well, well, it closed, and now you're with Franklin Kristoff, and you're super famous. We ha- I'm not super famous. <laughs> we had um, you reps are that came I've in. seen the lines, Jim. Yeah. I think you're pretty famous. Well, thank you. <laughs> but we had reps that would come into the store, you know, and of course – you know, once you get into the business, you kind of want to move up in the business. So I was also asking them if they had any positions open or stuff like that. Well, after Bertram's closed, one of the reps contacted me and said, we got a position with Hampton Haddon. And Hampton Haddon at that time did Schaefer and they did Waterford and some other lines. And they needed a guy for Schaefer. And what they wanted, they wanted a Schaefer salesman is really what I was told they wanted. So just, sorry, up Bertram, were you a salesman there? Was that what you did? Yeah. 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 Manager, salesman, okay. you know. Um, I mean, we had three or four people in the store. You know, when you're in that kind of environment, you do everything. You clean sure. the bathroom. You know, you do everything. But, like, it's, it's different to kind of what you do now where it's more hands-on. Yeah. But then you yeah. were, like, running the store, right, selling the, the store, stuff. Right, you know. Okay. Luckily, mm-hmm. it was a pretty much 9 to 5 store and sure. Saturday hours. You know, you didn't work Sunday. So it wasn't too bad. Mm-hmm. So um, I, uh, I, I got the job with Hampton Haddon, working with them. And I started to uh, it kind of devolved or evolved however you want to look at it but they didn't it turned out they didn't want me to go out on the road because they didn't want the expense okay and this was a, a thing between the two partners so i i went with um you know uh like taking care of the warehouse making sure all the stuff got out time there was some huge orders that came through there because I, I guess it's no secret anymore they used to do the levenger true writers too mm-hmm. and there'd be hundreds of these things coming in that had to be qc'd and checked and you had to make sure they got done you know that there was quality control issues sometimes you had to make sure those things got corrected and everything back up a step when i was at bertram's i realized early on that if somebody brought a broken pen in that i was going to send back to the factory because that was one of the services we offered I could try to fix it. And if I couldn't fix it, I sent it back to the factory. So there was an, and if I did fix it, you know, I didn't charge the customer anything, just give the customer the pen, you know, so kind of a win-win situation. So I had a lot of experience at like learning how to take apart Pelicans and Mont Blancs and how to straighten out nibs and stuff, but really no formal training. So at Schaefer, there was a, a lot of printed material on how to do things. And I read through that stuff. I really ate it up and I, I got pretty good at fixing the Schaefer's. Now, fixing pens in that kind of environment basically is a part replacement thing. But every now and then you run into somebody loves this nib. We don't have that nib, you know, from an older pen. So you learn how to straighten it out. And I was pretty successful at it. Sometime toward the end of that run with, uh, I think that was four or five years with Hampton Haddon. I had known Scott, Scott Franklin, for 20 years at that time. He says, I want to expand. I need somebody else. Um, would you move to Raleigh? I said, no, nah, I don't want to move to Raleigh. So we went back and forth and we worked out this deal where I didn't have to, you know, spend all week in Raleigh, like four days, and I could go back home to see my grandkids and play. So um, it, you know, he opened a new, or he had an office. I went to work at that office and the rest is history. Kind of developed the nibs as we went along. You know, back then he was getting nibs from Mike. Uh, the people making our pens were in Texas, which was Dan. Uh, Simons. He was making them out in Texas, and that evolved to an in-house. We moved to a new facility, bigger facility. We bought in-house machines. Dan came in and trained the staff, and you know now we're making pens in-house. And I'm doing the nibs in the back. The Sig. The Sig was just a freak accident. It really was. You know, I was making a nib for myself, and I ground it wrong. So then I tried to correct something, and I ground that wrong. And then I started writing with it, and I said, I like, "Hey, Ooh. you know, this, this thing works pretty good." <laughs> 
and you try this terrible nib. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought it was terrible because I, I wasn't what I was trying to do, and yeah. it just worked out. So how long have you been with Franklin Kristoff now? Almost five years. Almost five years. And that's from the time he started to expand from one person up, and now we have like ten people. Wow. That's awesome. So especially at pen shows, because um, you can see the process. Franklin Kristoff has become like an institution because it's like the, the table is typically quite large. And as a customer, you'll come in, you'll take a look at the, the bodies that are available, you'll try out the nibs from all the testing, and then you'll, you'll kind of end an assembly line, you'll, you'll pick your pen, you'll pick your nib, and then it will go along and it will come to you. Now, what is this process? What is the thinking behind this process? Like, why do you do it that way? Is this just it at pen shows that it, that this happens? Like, do does every nib go through you? Like, what what is the thinking behind this process? Why does Franklin Christoph do that? And why is it so important? When you order something from Franklin Christoph, you pick out a body you like, or a nib, but mostly a body. You find the body you like, then you pick from a long list of nibs, which are then, you know, put on that pen for you, you know, tested, make sure they work okay. You know, every make sure they're... Every single individual pen is tested, every irrespective si- of whether it's here or online. <clears throat> like I mentioned before, that goes on the card. Like I mentioned before. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, every single you pen. You already did it, so I get to do it yeah, too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> every single pen. We, where, where should I start? What? We don't buy units. Most com- I said this before. We mm. buy individual pieces. So we have to put them together anyway. So we have this process where we clean them. Uh, we check with a, a shim to make sure they're in the proper dimensions. We center them in the feed, make sure they're set properly in the feed. Um, by having that hands-on with it and the microscope we use, we can see if they're centered. Everything is perfect. Put it in and then dry test it. If somebody requests, we're happy to wet test. And the reason we don't wet test everything is because sometimes people will call you up and say, you sent me a used pen. Yeah. Mm. You know, so. Which makes sense. Yeah, right? Like so if, you, if every pen arrived know, with some black ink on it, you'd be and, like, hang on a second. Yeah, <laughs> I am delighted to wet test anything for you. It takes a little longer, but it's probably worth it, you know. Yeah, because you, you, you know it's working at that yep, point, right? You can see yep. it. If people give us notes like I'm a left-handed over over writer, I'm a on the line left-hander, or you know uh, I write at a severe angle uh, to the paper, um, not for them, but for me it's severe. You know, you you tune that into the pen. Yep. And I forgot the other part of your question. <laughs> but it's like so why like obviously this takes a lot of time. Um, do you think that this time investment on your end is beneficial? Like, do you think that by spending this time every pen being tuned and tested saves time on the back end with like people sending them back that there's problems like w- what is the like the, the reasons that Franklin Christoph has decided that this is the process that you want to take because you could just not do it that way I think and I can't speak for Scott but from my point of view I think it's because they're getting a, really a custom product sure they're picking their body they're picking their color they're picking their nib um, we're actually not just screwing a nib in it we're really going over the nib you know we package it up and we send it out and yes we do that for every one i think that the process at the show is not different than the website if you really think about it mm. you pick a body you get all but what is different is you can try all yeah. those nibs and see how you like it you know and they give you an idea what you're going to get and then you get to come over and sit with me and we try to figure out the best we can you know does this corner have to come off because it's too sharp when you do loop-de-loops or you know straight lines you know i had a lady today that was doing circles 
And now, come on, circles aren't normal part of writing, but she was bothered by a little roughness with a circle. So we fixed it. We found a way to fix it. And I think the customer is much better served in the end run. That's what it's all about a lot of times is you want to take care of your customers. You want to make them happy. And that's what we really try to do. That's a real driving force at Franklin Christoph. What will make the customer happy? And I will say, like, from coming to pen shows a bunch and seeing people who own Franklin Christoph pens, typically they don't own just one. And, like, and it feels like that there is a real loyalty built around the brand. And this is probably part of the reason for that, right? I think so. I think people like the different color prototypes. I think a lot of people really like the regular colors, too. And I, I, I you know, the people love nibs. I had a lady yesterday that was looking for a nib, and I couldn't find the exact right nib for her. I just wasn't sure which way to go with it. Um, I had to think about it a little bit. And she asked me, well, who could I go with? And I know a lot of these pen companies. You know, you're around 25 years, you're going to learn something. Not much, but you're going to learn something, right? Mm. So I, I've thought about it. You know, I'm not knocking anybody at all. I just could not think of anybody to refer to. I try, you know, Pilots and Sailors and Platinums and all these different pens, Montblancs and Viscani. I own them all. And, you know, I have never, I can't think of a time that I've actually bought a pen that I was just 100% satisfied with the nib right away, that I didn't have to tinker around with it a little bit. You know, and I think people tell me they like our nibs, and I believe what they're saying. I mean, you guys like our nibs? Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, you know, I think that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. So of you... Franklin Christoph offers a lot of nibs, right? Like there yeah, are I don't a lot even of know options. how many it is anymore. We got nibs that we don't even offer that we have. <laughs> aside, from, aside from obviously the amazing one that you created, what are some of your favorites? Well, let's see. Um, obviously, I'll say I, like, I like the Zoom a lot. I, I, the the I, music nib, sorry. I like the music nib a lot, a lot. Well, That's the music nib is super cool, yeah, and it that. has a lot of uh, things you can do with it. You can write sideways with mm-hmm. it, get a thinner line. Of course, you can get the, double, you know, the, the thicker, more signed nib with it. Uh, 1.1 Cursive uh, uh, Calligraphy has been a real popular nib lately, and it mm-hmm. is a beautiful writing pen. I guess I like Mike's fine italic a lot it's mike masayama right? mike, mike yep. masayama excuse me yeah i like his fine italic a lot i kind of i kind of like finer nibs myself at one point i bought nothing but broads and i went to write a letter and i realized i didn't have anything to write the letter with they were all broads <laughs> <laughs> so you know it kind of made me think about it and now i guess i'm just into fine italics fine uh sigs uh, extra fines things like that they seem to work the best when you're actually writing something yeah um that's pretty I don't know. We 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 play around with a uh, um, an architect's nib. We don't call it that. You know, we haven't really named it. We kind of wanted to call it the Scriblerian, but then we decided maybe the Sandpiper. So we're all, I don't I don't think Scott sold on either of those names. You know, so yeah. you, Scott's you a heard, smart man. Yeah, you should have heard my uh, you should have heard my original name for the Sig. But, <laughs> but um, and he came up with a Scott came up with a Sig thing. You know, and I thought that was pretty clever. The stub italic gradient. You know. I think I wanted to call it a siglet or something like that, you know. <laughs> but um, what can I say? <laughs> yeah. Well, Jim, it has been an absolute pleasure no, to my have pleasure. you on the show. Thank you. I, I had no idea about your history, and that's fascinating to hear. Like, yeah. really, really amazing history. So I guess people should go to Franklin Christoph tables at pen shows. Go find Franklin Christoph online, right? Because then they know your hand's going to be on their pens. They're going to love it. You're going to touch up their nibs, make them perfect. 
It's the only way to go. Make them the best I can. Thank you so much, Jim. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you very much. All right, I want to take our second sponsor break for the show and thank Harry's for their support of this show. Harry's is all about a great shave at a fair price, which is why over 3 million people have made the switch to Harry's, and it's why you should join them as well. Harry's founders decided to create this company because they were fed up with overpriced razors and they wanted to fix it. They knew that a great shave comes down to great blades made with sharp, durable steel that lasts, and they also cut out the unnecessary costs, allowing them to deliver you the perfect razor at an amazing price. Their high-quality blades are half the price that you'll be paying elsewhere, just $2 a blade. They bought a factory of their own that's been making high-quality products for over 95 years, so they know they're good. And because they know this, they offer a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let Harry's know within 30 days, and they'll give you a full refund. Now, Brad, I know that uh, I know because we're sharing a room that you love Harry's stuff. We have the best bathroom set up in the hotel, don't we? We do. Yeah. There's Harry stuff just everywhere. <laughs> it's not a joke. You can't you know, trip over it. In yeah. yeah. So, you know, I bring the bring the dop kit, bring the handle, bring the fresh blade, bring the shave gel, bring the aftershave. So, yeah, we have it going on. Um, and with, he smells good. I'm sitting right next to him. I don't I, know it's, it's really why. warm in here. I'm not so sure that's accurate. No, I don't but know. If, if it is, Harry's has taken care of me. Harry stands behind the quality of their blades. They know that switching razors is an easy decision, so they created a trial offer. You can get a $13 value set, which comes with everything that you need for a close, comfortable shave. It includes a weighted ergonomic razor handle, five precision-engineered blades with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. Go to harrys.com slash penaddict right now to redeem your trial offer and let them know that we sent you. Our thanks to Harry's for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, so let's welcome Lisa Vaness of Vaness Pans to the Pan Attic Podcast. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us. We're so excited about this. So I found out before the show today <laughs> that Vaness Pans is about to, is getting ready to celebrate a pretty important anniversary, right? Yep. What, what is that? 80 years. 80 years. 80 so years. obviously that's how long... The store has been around. I think the website has been around for 95 years, right? Is that correct? <laughs> you invented the internet, right? Yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm <laughs> so I wanted to get into your history okay. a little bit with this. So okay. when and how and where did you get and why did you get involved with not just Venice, but pens in general? Which came first? Was it Venice pens or did you have a love of pens, which goes back longer? Like for you, how does that story tell out? Um, I I had a love of pens, but it was pharmaceutical pens. Um, okay. So my old job, I was a geriatric uh, social worker, and um, we used to fight over the best pens. So I had a pen collection that was sometimes inappropriate pens. <laughs> and, um, but so that was my beginning was pens, and I was really picky about my pens. And uh, I'm left-handed, so um, like all best people. Yeah. Oh. Oh, that's right. I am yeah. super he is so outnumbered. outnumbered. Way outnumbered. <laughs> the ultimate one. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. It's just like a bonus. So, um, and I know that's on the bingo card. <laughs> so um, anyway, um, I, I was super particular about my pins, but um, I met Mike, and I he, locally they were well known because how did you meet Mike? Church. 
And um, so um, I didn't know he owned a pen store, but all my friends did. So um, <laughs> apparently that's why he liked me. I'm like the only person who didn't know he was a pen store. Um, and so um, he just had me come try pens one day. And I, I played with them and I found some that I liked. I have adored retros from the first time I tried <laughs> Like, I'm a huge retro fan, too. Like, that's that's just the best. Like all people with good taste, right? <laughs> was, that the, was that the first pen that you really liked that he, he yeah, showed you? Yeah, that's probably the first pen I got. Well, actually, in high school, um, I graduated in the 80s. Every human that graduated high school got a cross pen. Like, that's what you got. Yeah. You oh, got the cross the same, pen. that's the same, like, in England as well. Like, it's I got my somehow, pink cross pen. It's with always all... cross, like, yeah. every single time. I <laughs> beg people every year not to buy cross Please, pens. no. I think that we, <laughs> we get these the questions around graduation time, right? Yeah, what always. Pen? Like, yeah. mm-hmm. just Retros not... and Swifts, yeah. man. If I they see. don't want to do fountain pens, retros. Anyway, so um, um, when you marry into the family and your mother-in-law retires... You marry into the pen store, or so I was told. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Were you, like, jumped in? <laughs> that sounds serious. <laughs> uh, I was like, uh, well, I mean, I, she was there in the beginning, but mm-hmm. eventually. I had um, a job where I worked Monday through Thursday. My mother-in-law retired, and on Fridays, the girls that worked at the store um, would try to get me to reason with the men to get new products. So, um, Because they were just getting the same products over and over, and they were super boring. So the girls would always have a list for me, and I'd go in reason with the guys you know they had no choice but to say yes to me (laughs) so um, so anyway then we started expanding and then I just um um how long ago did you start in the into the store and well I was going in on Fridays like and redecorating because they decorated terribly (laughs) but I mean like how how many years seven or eight years probably oh no probably eight or nine years maybe even ten um but I didn't go full time into it until we moved to the location we're in now which has been six or seven years um i actually negotiated the contract and my husband said well you're full time now <laughs> <laughs> you should have checked the contract we've written well, you we, in <laughs> the guy was hard to negotiate with so my husband and my father-in-law both thought that a female would do better and they're like you have psychiatric training you go so, <laughs> well, so we got six months of free rent out of it so well wow, that's really cool <laughs> nice can you negotiate my contracts? <laughs> I walked away from a van that my husband really wanted because I was like, Mm-mm, I'm hardcore. Yeah. I'm going to negotiate. Like, Anna and I have, have worked for her. This is She's serious business. You do not cross <laughs> Lisa Van Ness. <laughs> yeah. like, I like, saw her in, was it L.A.? Yeah, mm-hmm. but and that's because started- I was hangry. Yeah, yeah. Like, but we saw, her, we saw her negotiating with somebody yeah. about something, and Casey and I walked away. Yeah. <laughs> We're like... She's Somebody scary. needed to give me a yeah. Snickers, and he he didn't do it. She yeah. didn't. Do it. I was scared. Like I may be twice your size, but I am not going to cross you mm-hmm. ever. Do not cross her. I now feel bad for the people, but at the no. time, <laughs> here's the deal: give her what she asks for, and then give her a Snickers. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so um, it just—I don't know how and when it evolved, except that. Um, Thankfully, the employees that worked there were amazing. There were some employees been there up to 20 years, and there had just been a gap in female leadership. Yeah. And so um, I just started filling that gap. And then um, my job ended, and um, I had a job opportunity where I would have been on call 24 hours a day, and my husband and my daughter were like, no, no. And he, so they so I went full time. Um, and so now you work 24 hours a day. Now I work 24 hours a day. 24-7. Yeah. 
I'm communicating in the middle of the night with Australia and South Korea and, yeah, and China. And you <laughs> mentioned uh, the store. Yes. Right? I know that the, the physical store, the physical location has been an important part of Van mm-hmm. history. And I think over the time that I've been familiar with Van it seems like you are getting more and more involved in online as well. Mm-hmm. Like that is becoming a more important part of the business. And I kind of wonder as we sit here now in 2018, like what is that breakdown like? Like th- is the store as important as it ever was to you, the physical store? How has having a, a stronger online presence changed the way that the business is thought about and managed? So a couple of things. The physical store is mentally and emotionally important to us. And I can't imagine ever giving it up because um, there's a certain there's a certain special something to just like that's why you guys love the pin shows you touch that pin you feel that pin you get to look at it you get to find out okay oh we can tune it um you don't get that online so online is super important because there's only like i think there's less than 20 pin stores in the u.s like real pin stores Mm. and um so not everybody gets that opportunity but it's so important that we survive but the only way we're going to survive is online yeah like so there's a it's a catch-22 we have to have that online aspect in today's world, but we, like, I can't imagine not being able to let everybody play with pens or smell the stinkiest ink <laughs> or, um, we had you, an open uh, house and everybody smelled the stinkiest <laughs> inks. Were um, you hesitant with the online business? Like, was it something that you were resistive of or did you think no. it would take away from the specialness? W- was, I wasn't, but was my father-in-law, family? yes. Yeah, okay. I, he kind of knows. My father-in-law used to not believe in it, but now they... Tell tell everybody, let Lisa do what she wants. Yeah. Well, because I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure that it's worked out, right? Like, you know, um, they were not, but like my, I mean, you have to remember the generation that they're in. You, uh, this is personal. Um, even like when Jim watches you write, and Mark, he'll want you to write. It's such a personal thing to them, and especially some in their 70s, 80s, 90s. This was your most important instrument in your life. And you have to touch. It's so personal to you. He couldn't imagine the idea of buying one without somebody actually trying it out. Like yeah. this is your personal item, and it's yeah. you know when you see these people's names on them when they you buy a vintage pen, like that was something special to them, and that was their like that's how they communicated in every way with everyone. You know, um, it's understandable though, right? Like the, yeah, and when- so they couldn't fathom the idea of somebody choosing a pen without actually touching it and knowing lefty overrider underwriter side right you know those kind of things they it's it's too personal to them it is kind of wild like when you think of it in in that way it is wild that pens are sold online like it right when you think of it that way it it's crazy that it exists in that way but i think it is why at the same time shows like this one seem to get more popular right right because i think that you know, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this. Like the stuff that that I assume that you sell the most of would be inks, <laughs> and I would expect maybe pens that are on the cheaper side, online more. I guess until people know what they want, right? And then when people are are, are more understanding of the things I like and don't like, the brands they don't like and don't like, then they're maybe more willing to spend higher amounts. But I would expect that most people are buying the inks and the the lower value pens until they get that experience in them, right? It's hard for me to know, like, on that side. We sell high-end pens in that there's some high... Like, we sell a lot of high-end pens in that we're the only ones that carry some of those. And we were the repair location for Conway Stewart's, which most people didn't know because they didn't have Conway Stewart's, but 
we were the repair center for them for years. My yeah. husband did that. And so we had we have the high end customer, but we also have the low end customer as well. So it's there's like almost a disconnect. Like you can tell that entry level versus yeah. the experienced. And my experienced customers um, tend to call and not want to do online. Like they will. Um, Is that yeah. because of their. They'll call every day, all day. <laughs> <laughs> Is that just because they were part of this before the website was I don't know. Was such a thing, I don't know. Or? Like some of these are strangers or people that I don't know, okay. you know, but they just are not comfortable buying online. And I, so we they still. They at do least it. want to speak to a person. They want they a human. Touch it, per- right? Yes. And I also feel on the, I was talking to another retailer about this. I think that the, in general, not just the pen community, I don't think brick and mortars or retails have done an effective job of communicating our value, like being able to walk into a store and touch things and feel things. I think that there's a, like, maybe they'll make a comeback. I don't know. But I just think there needs to be, um, we need to do a better job of communicating our value, uh, the value of coming in in person and that personal touch because you're going to have more exchanges no matter whether it's cl- clothes, shoes, yeah. um, you know, unless you do something like what he does, you know, where it's custom tuned because um, so many people don't want to touch the pins. But anyway, I think there's the beginner side and then there's the advanced side. Like, so we do both and we don't really do the middle. <laughs> <laughs> so inks we sell. I mean, I, I counted uh, so we have 1,563 colors. <laughs> so everybody knows that. I like that you say I count. How do you count that? So I had to break it by brand. Yep. because So I thought we had like 380 to get tremendous, and I was off by 100-ish. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, eventually you, you have to count that, I think. Right? Well, so what happens is like he would, he, my husband, when I, when I said, you know, let's expand the inks, he, I didn't realize he was really going to, like, every time Dietramentis comes out with a new ink, he's on it. And they just, you know, they came out with, like, 25 new shimmers or whatever. I don't know. It was, like, we don't even have room for them. And they've been in the store. They know. Like, it's, we, I don't, I don't even know. Yeah. I don't know what to say. But every time there's a new ink that comes out, everybody expects us to have it. Mm. Yeah, because so, that's kind of. and, and That's and, our thing. That's one of those, like, s- spiraling things because yeah. you have been that way so yeah. now you have to be that way I skipped, and then you I, end I didn't up order oster like for two months mm-hmm. and i was getting email I, I get emails every day when is it coming in when is it coming in so i'm like mm. okay i just didn't have time <laughs> 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 i just don't have time so um and they you know they come out with a lot of ink so it's just a, some of it's just a time factor but now everybody expects us to have all the inks and i get emails and calls and when are you going to get this and can you pursue this because now we have a reputation for going after inks that are harder to find. Well, because I would say like... And it's a lot of me, work, by the way. <laughs> like, you know, I'm, if I'm going to order ink, it can be difficult to have it shipped internationally. Right. But if I want an ink, I go to your website first because like, well, I know it's going to be there. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. So it's like, I'll just go to Van Ness first and it's going to be there. Like, I mean, because if it's not there, I and can't imagine it being anywhere It's a shock if it's not else. and I'm going to yeah. get 25 emails. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's like, I'm just going to By the way, I sold it. out of Motorola thanks to you. And then now I get now I'm here I've probably gotten 25 <laughs> Thank you Brad. But no the, problem. The My ink, pleasure. The ink and being known for ink especially when you're looking at pen shows I'm sure brings its own level of complexity. Yes it does. <laughs> I mean, I've spoken to enough vendors now, and there's like questions like how how do you get here? Like how do you travel? And you know, 
someone like Brad would be like, oh, maybe I'll take some stuff on a plane, blah, blah, blah. But I'm assuming that the only way you can get to Pencho's is to drive, right? Right. Have you seen my license plate? No. It says Ink Van. Yeah, it does. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So it's parked right there. <laughs> I'm going to go find it. So that is a, I'm sure, monumental effort. Mm-hmm. to it is. <laughs> move that ink and then to always be driving, especially when, you know, like listeners to the show know, there is a season and there is sometimes a pen show every week or two mm-hmm. weeks and you seem to be at all of them. Mm-hmm. So, one, why? <laughs> 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 but like, it, seriously, like, why do you, uh, why do you go to as many pen shows as you do? It, it, do you feel that there is a real, like tangible benefit to one, going to as many as you do, and then also bringing the amount of ink stock that you do? Well, I think half the audience can tell you I didn't bring enough. (laughs) Um, So um, no matter what, I bring it's not enough. But um, so I have fun. I enjoy the pen shows, and I've made these amazing friends like Anna and Brad and even Jim. Like, there's so many more. (laughs) They've become my friends. I was there when he hurt his ribs. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we we hang out we just enjoy ourselves and we just have a great time and so i enjoy one i want to make sure everybody's educated and i want to make sure everybody feels welcome because um you know some of us have been misfits and i when i first came to shows i was a misfit i didn't quite fit in um believe it or not i don't fit in with the traditional um, pen collector crowd, and um, so where's your fishing vest? I know, <laughs> I actually got one. You know, <laughs> it doesn't fit; it's too big. But anyway, so um, I I think that for me, it became something I really enjoyed, um, and I learned more than I could ever have imagined. Like I learned so much at each show. I learned how to use my phone correctly, you know, those kind of things. Um, we I learned how know. to find her phone. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to buy her a tile. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so yes. Um, so I think that it, it's really important for me that everybody get educated. And so I felt like, let's, my husband and I felt like, let's take the pen store to them. And so that's kind of how this went, is the pen store is more than just a bunch of vintage fountain pens, which is what it kind of was initially. So we, you know, now there's several of us that do this, but that are more modern. But I think we just, it was really important that everybody get the full experience, just like you got to come and see us. Because not everybody comes to Little Rock, Arkansas. I mean, I wish they did, but, you know. But anyway, so we just wanted everybody to have that full experience. And I want to make sure you walk away knowing how to use that pen, happy with your pen. And I want you to have the ink that matches that pen so perfectly that you tell all your friends <laughs> that we know our color. Anna knows color. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, you know, that's that's how it started. And hauling it is a nightmare. And um, But worth it? I think it is most times. There's Thursday, like when the ink fell in, in Little Rock, of all places, we had our first incident. Um <laughs> That R.I.P. hotel will Nike. never be the same. No, no. It, no. Was on, it fell on Brad. <laughs> it fell on Brad. Yeah. Did it? Yeah. See, he doesn't tell me these stories. Tell me the story. It, it, was, it ended up on his shoes. I mean, it was, yeah. And you know what I think about my shoes? I very, uh, think very highly of my shoes. Uh, I think it stained, you said, your sock and your foot. Yeah, I had uh, uh, I had pink toes for at least three days. So which <laughs> Anna and I I'm were cleaning four, it actually. up. But yeah. It was so Not um, one feet. of those shelving units. We were trying to pack it all in the van already loaded and um we weren't 
Mike, my husband Mike and Brad were. But we did not wash Brad's feet. It was no, not. No, no. 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 We didn't want to see him. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Don't we'll just trust this bad. We yeah. just yeah. trust it. Dia- Dia- fuchsia is very nice ink. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we uh, we lost a couple of shelves and surprisingly not many bottles except the one that landed on my my foot yeah. and exploded. It was everywhere. probably like 20 or so bottles. I yeah. mean, it was a miracle some of them survived because yeah. it was Califolio and Diatramentus. So it and was it glass. Was really, it was really just that like one one or two bottles broke, but everything else just got covered in yeah. the fuchsia. Yep. So they were just it was like, fun oh. and yeah. then on the outside. It looked like blood yeah. coming okay. down the back of yeah. our... It was, yes. it, the it parking lot looked <laughs> really I got a, I got a picture of the murder scene. It, it yeah. was pretty it was, gruesome. It was bad. It was bad. Um, so anyway, um, it's worth it though. In the end, like it's you know moving that ink around is is not a pleasurable experience. No, but we've but got it down to a science. I think. I think we the newest method we have. Some, a business went out and I went and bought all their fixtures and it was actually. Um, I feel like I'm boring everybody. Um, no. I f- um, it was um, what are, I f- tester. You know the yeah, tester the, paints, the little tester paints. Mm-hmm. So those fixtures y'all model, see now that are paints. like six high that have the wires. I can travel with those already done. Mm-hmm. And I went and bought it all they had. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, that's working better because I can travel with the ink already put together as long as I have a little bit of muscle. And so um, I can like Brad won't be in Chicago. So hey guys, free bottle of ink for anybody that will um, come oh, and help us unload. On and I, hundred people. We <laughs> can hear them. Descending upon you in Chicago. I'm here for my freeing. I'll do whatever you need. We're not talking color verse here, people. So anyway, the um yeah. So yeah, we'll need a little metal muscle, but um I think we have it figured out for the most part. The biggest thing is that even though I kinda am organized, it's an organized chaos, I think, maybe. Honest staring at me, so I don't know. That's accurate. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have one last thing I wanted to ask you. When we were, when you were talking about your history at the beginning, there was a lot of like references to the fact that like it was a man's world when you started. Right. And I want to know if you think that's changed. I think it's changed. I was it last night or today? I was talking about it. That I bet it was forty percent women this time. Like it is so awesome. It's so amazing. I just it's so exciting to see the changing dynamic, not just females, but age group wise and. Um, just everything, you know, it's, um, it brings more energy when you have a variety of people. Like, um, I love all my little black pen society man friends, but they are for the most part retired and, um, there's a very <laughs> they specific have a very distinct thought process and i love having the variety and hearing from it that's why yeah. i feel like i learn more at shows than i could ever um teach um because i love getting the input and learning from other people about their interest and how they handle technology <laughs> <laughs> and breathing new life and perspective into right. yep. the community yep. coming I think, from I different think, i don't know it's just it's just so valuable yeah. i you know and I second guess myself every second of every day, and so um, going to a show, you know, reminds me. Okay, this is this is good. This is good. Yeah. Before we let her go, I just wanted to follow up on the store and people coming to the store and what type of things you offer and testing the inks and testing the pens. Another thing you do is engraving, right. and I've taken advantage of your services before. And you actually brought an example of your engraving. You, can we show it real quick? Yeah. 
So uh, I'll do a, a dramatic uh, description, I guess, yeah. of this for the so people listening. I've seen these. We've all had stuff engraved, and like, there's these cool retro fifty ones. Check that one out. Oh, Check out the no, engraving. Something's happening. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so. So this is a little something Go ahead, that Lisa. Mark off. He cried. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lisa uh, cooked something up, and as Mike mentioned uh, no. <laughs> earlier, <laughs> he's getting married this year. <laughs> so we, uh, you know, I got um, Lisa kept asking me, "What are what are Mike's wedding wedding Shoot, colors? No, How many times did you it. ask me? Like <laughs> six, I, I mean, like over like a month? I didn't answer." So she's like, "You know, what can I do for? I want to do this thing for Mike." Send me the damn invitation. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Is that on my card? It's <laughs> not on my card. <laughs> Yeah, I was super bad about sending that. So she's like, what are the colors? So we we sorted it out, and uh, I got her the picture of the invitation. And uh, what she did to this pen, I thought, uh, you know, I, I I was hoping Mike would like it. And when I saw it, I was kind of blown away. So I uh, uh, this is all, all Lisa's idea. So uh, so yeah. it has uh, Adina and Mike and the date of all winning on it. Is there a wedding and invitation? the wedding invitation like logo engraved on the pen. So y'all can come check this out after the show. We'll put it in the show notes for y'all to see. So uh, well, she was we really... can't though later because it's got the date on it. Ah, yeah. Uh, so we'll do that later. We will have to uh, share it later. I didn't yeah. think so about please that. understand that it is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> she she kept yelling at me asking what your colors were, yeah. and I, I'm like, you know, and I'm like, uh, I'm not entirely sure that Mike would even at, know. Do you find a way to, to, to That's not something guys yeah. know. Do you remember me asking you about the the colors? Of the, uh, I don't know if that rings yeah. a bell. You can go back no. through our Slack messages. Yeah. <laughs> but she, yeah, she kept yelling at me, and I'm like, I'm not entirely sure, guys, actually know this information. Like, I don't know. Thank you so much. You're welcome. That's so kind of <laughs> you. Thank you so much. Uh, Lisa Vaness, thank you so much for joining us. Sure. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thank you to Lisa and Jim for joining us. Uh, thank you so much, Anna, for always being here with us. Brad, for being so amazing, as always. Uh, thanks to Un- Stephen for, with Ungenius yes. for the warm-up. Uh, we did a warm-up, which is a big change this year. I've never done that before. It's definitely warm. Because uh, people... <laughs> it's very warm. Uh, if you backed our Kickstarter campaign, thank you so much. Thank you very um, much. I can't believe that we've done this four years in a row. Uh, we're going to be going to Toronto in a few Ooh. months' time, which we're really, really excited about. Again, thanks to our Kickstarter backers for doing that. Um, once more, thank you to uh, Harry's and Penn Chalet for their support of this show. Thanks to our amazing live audience. Uh, we really appreciate them all coming out to see us. And uh, until next time, we'll be back again. I can't talk now. Uh, <laughs> I'll help you. Goodbye, Brad. (laughs) 